You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt and not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, Enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces. NATION30. And you will receive 30% off your purchase. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and we have a really interesting episode today. It's basically just me ranting at you and telling you what you need to do. I'm just kidding. The rut's not over. The rut is not over. And I know that there's a lot of people who think it is. It is not over. This is the time of year where these giants, these deer turn into zombies. They're on their feet. They're looking for their last remaining doe. Trust me, there are still hot does out there that you guys can go find. And they're going to be pulling in a lot of deer. Uh, Almost more than, uh, imagine this way. Imagine it this way. Let's just say there's 20 girls at a bar and there's 20 guys at a bar there's plenty of opportunity for the guys to go get the girls now you take you take 15 of those girls away and now you only have five girls and you have and you have 20 dudes check this those dudes are going to be all over those girls right so if you can find that hot dough you're going to be able to find the bucks and i'm telling you right now when it comes to dominance you're going to probably find the most dominant buck in the area right behind her Uh, i've seen it i've seen it several times these deer are on their feet they turn into zombies they're cruising and they are trying to locate that last doe before all the does are bred and we go back into this bedding to food nocturnal movement uh thing that is the quote-unquote late season so um Man, I really, uh, I really hope everybody's finding some luck. Everybody's gotten the time to get out there. Don't sleep on this this uh, second half of November between now and uh, Thanksgiving because I think it, the opportunity is still there for everybody to c- connect on a really good deer. So that's what today's podcast is about. I run through. It's about twenty minutes. It's a pretty short episode, but I run through all these talking points about things that have worked for me in the past, things that have uh, really been, um, I guess really 
things, I guess, experiences that I've had. Uh, this isn't really me telling you what you should or should not do. These are things to think about as you make your decisions for the next week or so. So keep that in mind. Uh, we got to do a commercial quick for Quiet Cat, and that is electric bikes are the hottest thing out right now. Quiet Cat is the leader in electric bikes for hunting, fishing, camping, and exploring the great outdoors. Get to your stand quietly and scent free and bring all your gear with you without breaking a sweat. Quiet Cat features accessories such as cargo trailers, racks, bags, backpacks, bow and gun holders, as well as lights for safe travel. And I'll tell you this, uh, they're fun to ride. So if you have any questions or need more information about Quiet Cat, visit www.quietcat.com and cat is spelled with a K. So quietcat.com, check them out. And let's get into today's episode. All right, everybody. Hopefully, everybody is having a a good rut. Now, the title of this podcast is is like it's not over yet or something like that. And it's not. And I'll tell you why. Uh, if you look at some of the statistics uh, that's been put out by research, peak breeding is November 14th or somewhere a day or two in either direction. But November 14th is when uh, I think a study was done when most does get bred in North America. Uh, this is interesting to me, and it always and I, and I and I think that what we've all as as hunters we spend a lot of time in the stands and we get to witness um, you know witness this this thing we call the rut where deer go crazy for a couple weeks and uh, and we get to witness that and we get to hunt it's our favorite time of year we get to see a lot of deer we get to see things that we've we typically don't see we get to see some unique deer behavior and uh, it's just one of those things that we really love now i think most of you will agree with me Uh, maybe you do maybe you don't but the the first side of peak breeding let's just say late october to november 14th is that crazy time of year where there's deer running all over the place you know every deer is horned up every deer's got a lot of energy and uh, that is what you know the storybook rut hunts are about is when a, a hot doe comes through and she is followed by you know a big old buck or or she is followed by about four fork horns or ten fork horns or whatever right but then we have the second half of the rut. And I'll be completely honest. I think people overlook November 14th to the end of November or to this Thanksgiving time uh, frame. And it is because we as hunters get so excited for that craziness that we take off our va- use our vacation time in that time frame right we want to we want to be out there when the woods goes crazy and we can catch all these does moving all around well the way i look at that is it is easy for a big mature buck who is dominant to find a doe at that time frame right so he's less apt to calling you have to catch him in this perfect time frame when when he is off of a off his first doe and going into a second doe right let's try to rattle him in or grunt him in or call him in and if he's on a doe already or he's seeking really hard for that doe, then he's he doesn't give a shit about a fight. All he wants to do is breed this doe. And if there's a three-year-old or a two-year-old or whatever on this doe, it's nothing for a mature doe to come in and just bristle up, 
take a sideways step at these deer and they're gone, right? He just he just won that fight because of his dominance. And I think a lot of people overlook the second half because all of these does are starting to get bred, which means that if a buck wants to continue to breed and find one of these last does, he's got to be on the move looking all day long, right? And I think that, I'll be honest, if I was only limited to one week out of the year, it would probably be, it would probably be the second, maybe even the third week of November to hunt. I would probably pass up the first week of November with the goal of connecting with a big mature buck. And, um, I just, I I don't know. I, I get excited about this time of year and it makes me wish I had a landowner's tag because I would love to be out in the timber this time of year when, you know, I have a lot of friends who are still out in the woods and they're, they're starting to talk to me about the, the zombie deer, right? These big mature bucks who have been continually seeking for another doe. Most of the does are bred, um, by this point, I shouldn't say most of them, but I would say 70% of does are probably bred by this point. And all these deer are looking for the, the last remaining doe. And I have a, a note here. It says November 24th, 2015. That, that date really stuck in my head five years ago. I was in between a, I was in between, I was in a terrain feature in between the back end of a staging area. And there was this terrain feature. And then on the other ridge was a, like this really thick point where they were, would bed. So they'd cross down into this little gully, this terrain feature, hop up into the staging and come, you know, head out to the main egg. So I was hunting, it was a morning hunt, and it was one of those mornings where it was frost on the ground, a real hard frost, so it was no wind, really hard getting in, you know, really crunchy getting into the tree stand, and I set up, and at first light, I start to hear some movement coming my way, and it's a lone doe works her way through, and she was followed by almost every single buck on the farm. I mean, from four corns to 122-year-olds to three-year-olds, four-year-olds. And I ended up, uh, unfortunately I, I took a bad shot on a, on a, like a 170 class, a 170 class four or five-year-old. He was a giant and I hit him in the back strap. Uh, that's a story from a different time, but what I'm getting at is there, if you can still find the, the dough that is, you know, she hasn't been bred yet or she comes into heat late. Every buck in the area who is not already on a doe will be following her. And even even as in, in 2011, I had another example where I had a, a lone doe come in, come through after November 14th. And she was followed by four four-year-olds and a five-year-old. And then 30 minutes later, a 160 class 10 came in. And I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. And that's when, that's when these big mature bucks get dumb, right? They all, they, they'll, they'll run through a a front yard. They'll run across the median of a road, right? This is where you hear the stories of these bucks, just not even thinking all they wanted. They're so hyper-focused on that last doe that they will do anything to get her. And, um, if we can find those areas, find where these deer are, uh, and find that that last remaining group of does. I mean, if you're still hunting, do not give up yet because I'm telling you, it can happen any time. 
anytime. And uh, so the, the remainder of what I'm going to say here is one of these things where um, if I was still hunting, here's what I would be doing, right? So um, as these does get bred and they start to go back to this, this bed to food pattern, you're going to start seeing these does you know, on their belly most of the day, right? They, they probably won't be coming out to a food plot or a, um, or an egg field right until last light. I mean, they're going back to this early season pattern. Um, unless, you know, you, you're, you can find a real comfortable doe group that's on their feet. Maybe it's, it starts to get really cold out so far in November. I feel like it's cool now, but we've had a kind of a real moderate, a really calm, November thus far as compared to last year where man we had negative 12 walking into the tree stand some mornings with a high of 10 right it hasn't been like that this year for uh, for Iowa anyway and most of the northern uh, midwest but but as they start to go back to this uh, bed to food pattern these bucks start cruising more and I don't typically and this is just my experience and, and I say this all the time my experience doesn't mean that it's necessarily law but one thing that I've kind of noticed over the years is that I'm I'm still not seeing deer on the field edge, even in the afternoon, right? They, you may have a, a 30 minutes of light left, 40 minutes of light left that pulls a big buck in, but where you're going to see them later in the morning, maybe even midday if you're an all-day sitter or early in the afternoon is somewhere between their bedding and the staging areas before they, they head out to their, their main ag. And, um, and they're going to start making these big loops. They may go away for a day. They may come back for, you know, a couple days and then they'll head out. And this is where some of these bucks, and I like to call them bonus bucks, right? It's a buck you've never seen before, but he's, he's a, a big mature deer that comes onto your farm out of nowhere. And you catch him on trail cam. And you're like, holy shit. Or you see him from the tree stand. And you're like, man, what, what, where did he come from? I've never seen him before. And, uh, those bonus bucks are really cool to see. And it is because they're searching real hard for that last remaining doe. Now, um, let's see here. This is where we have to get outside of our comfort zone, right? If you're the kind of guy who's been hunting the same tree stand all rut or hunting the same farm all rut or hunting the same area, the whole rut and things are starting to slow down. Well, I hate to say it. You got to start moving around, right? You got to start looking for those doe groups that haven't been bred or the doe group that is, um, or the last doe that hasn't been bred and try to get into these places where these deer are, these bucks are looking for that last doe. And, um, one thing that I I've kind of found throughout the years is you got to look in some of these overlooked areas. And I, I know I've mentioned this on the last episode that I did, but these little slivers of timber along waterways, right? Really thick overgrown cattle pastures that have these little pockets in them. Um, maybe some standing ag, like a cornfield that didn't get picked all the way. Um, maybe a, a buffer strip, a really thick buffer strip where, you know, pressure of the surrounding farms has led these deer to kind of get pushed into these other areas and these bucks are finding them at night. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, there he is. He's, you know, there's this giant buck in this 
you know, picked bean field, but he's, he's betting on a terrace with a doe, right? He might be hard to get to, but you know, look, look for some of these overlooked spots. Um, another one that I really like in the past and is, um, that I've seen a lot is these abandoned farms, right? The farm itself is still has cattle on it or it gets, um, uh, what uh it, it has standing crops or it maybe has has like a hog confinement on it and it's getting worked but the house has been the the house is left you know it's just a, an abandoned farm has a garage has a whatever a couple silos in it but the trees are all overgrown you have this maybe acre or two acres of real thick nasty uh nastiness that uh is is overlooked and Trust me when I say deer go away from pressure and they, if they feel comfortable betting up next to an old swing set or an old grain silo that is out of commission or a house that is out of commission. I remember in 2007, eight, it was either 2007 and 2008, uh, a farmer and his wife got into a huge argument. They weren't doing so well. They got a divorce. And this was several years ago, like uh, 2000 and uh, like 2000 or whatever. And this was a farm that me and my stepdad used to hunt. And so they one night, this is no shit. They one night got up <laughs> and they left. And what I mean, they left, they left dinner on the table. They left clothes in the closets. They left TVs, shoes, everything. They both got up and left, sh- locked the door behind them and they had a house that that someone just left. They both just left and went, and, you know, the rest of their lives. They did their own thing. And I had a ladder stand on a pine tree where I could see into the upstairs window. And I missed a 160 class buck that his antler bumped my tree stand as he's coming through this pine grove that was overgrown right behind their house. And, uh, and I, I ended up missing him, but, uh, uh, look for those areas right because just because i know there's a building there doesn't mean that deer won't hang out there so uh overlooked areas what's another one that might be a a good uh uh, cemeteries man uh a a pocket of trees behind a cemetery uh right off the road Uh, i saw me and my wife saw a really good eight pointer on the way into town the other day one morning and i'm gonna guess him as a three-year-old but he he had a doe cornered up in this pocket right behind someone's backyard uh so i think i i think you guys get what i'm i'm trying to uh trying to say here now another thing that i've i've noticed over the years is as the doe start getting bred, it's not going to be a shit ton of sign, but what we have here is another time where the bucks start laying fresh sign again. So they, as they're starting to seek out these, the, these does, they're going to stop to lay some sign. And mostly it comes in the form of scrapes, but they do, they do rub a little bit this time of year too. However, um, if you can find some of this fresh sign, a fresh scrape, it might be worth hunting because they might, what they're doing is at some time throughout that day, whether you have trail camera data or not of it, um, they, they start to go back into a cycle where they're working in, uh, uh, 
this cycle, okay? He drops down a draw, he loops a field, comes back up the draw, he goes down into this uh, drainage or swamp, and then he comes, checks this cornfield, and he, you know, they're starting to do this all day long now again. And they may bed down for a little bit, get a drink of water, munch on something, then they're back up and they do it again, right? This is where we start seeing those zombie deer that I talked about. And, and if you can find some fresh sign, that means that, hey, a deer has been there and it might be worth sitting over for a day or two, right? Until this deer funnels back into his, you know, circle again and, you know, if he finds a doe, he, he might not be back for a while, but if he doesn't find a doe, he may run that circuit again until he finds something that he's looking for. And it may, it may take a day or two because just like those bonus bucks coming onto your property, the deer that call your property home will leave and go search out other places as well. So, you know, and I know I sound like a, a, a broken record here, but a, a good terrain feature, a good bedding area, a good staging area. I mean, if you're a field edge hunter, great. Standing crops, great. But for me, downwind of bedding every single time. Get in tight to bedding, you know. Get in tight to a, a really good terrain feature that has good access, that funnels deer down, right, pinch points. Get into a staging area that deer feel comfortable in before they head out to that destination food source. Um, those are my top three, and I even have here destination food source as my last resort. If you can't find any other pockets, you know, that would be the last place that I that I hunt. Now, um, deer have stopped going crazy, right? I mean, I remember it was like November 3rd or 4th or something like that. I shot my deer on November 7th this year. Hell, it may even been on my birthday, the 5th. But I remember saying, what the hell, I'm going to blind rattle. And four two-year-olds came in to investigate. One of them may have been a three-year-old. And, and after this, this peak breeding, that just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, you may get the occasional young deer to come in to investigate, but I would, I would stop rattling. I would stop blind calling uh, at, at, unless you see these deer. And even if you do see a deer, watch their body language. What is this deer doing? Is he just got his head down cruising? Then maybe a grunt would work. But if you just, especially if some of these deer have been going at it hard, fighting, seeking hard, a, a good rattling sequence just might spook them. And then they're like, what, what just happened? I was in a daze. Now I'm not, I don't feel comfortable going over there. And most of the time they come downwind anyway, and they'll try to investigate and they, that increases the chance of busting you. Now, however, if you see their body language change and they are, um, they're aggressive, they're raking a tree, they're making a scrape and they just look pissed or they look like they're, they got some energy in them. Then is when I might start with a, a grunt you know, progress into maybe a, a, a short rattling sequence or even a snort wheeze if that buck looks aggressive and try to get him to come in to investigate like, oh, man, what's this other buck doing in my area? Well, I'm going to go check it out. Um, another thing that might work is if, and, and one thing that I've noticed this year is does are really good at putting the slip on bucks that they don't want to breed with. I watched a, I watched a, hmm, three-year-old 125 i guess you would say 
just make laps in this bedding area this year. And there was another hot doe in there and she didn't want to breed him uh, for some reason. And she, or she wasn't ready yet. And he, she bounces, she bounced down in a creek. He bounced down as a creek. He walks back up. It's almost like she backtracked him and started following him. And then he ran up and he went crazy and he's, he couldn't find her. And so he, she tucked back into right where she was at. And then he, made a loop and eventually he found her again but it was like 10 minutes later and then about mm, 20 minutes later a four-year-old like a 130 class four-year-old came in and bumped that buck out of the way and he started chasing that that deer that doe and she almost she almost was like okay well you're due and her tail started wagging and uh, he started dogging her a little bit. Then they went into the brush and I, you know, I, I couldn't see what happened, but you know, dominance is still, a, is still a huge thing right now. So body language, when it comes to calling, just make sure you observe it. I wouldn't necessarily call um, blindly, but uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do now. Uh, get in tight to bedding, get in tight to funnels, get in tight to pinch points, staging areas, destination food sources. If that's your bag, um, and that's really it, guys. I I, I, I want to say that it's not over. The rut is not over. Uh, we still have, you know, this period where does, if they haven't been bred, will come back into heat and they'll cycle again. And that puts, that just drags the rut on just a little bit longer. Uh, other than that, that November 24th timeframe, I can re- remember a early December hunt right before shotgun season where I saw a hot doe, she must have cycled back in because she she didn't get bred or the pregnancy didn't take. And I, the woods were going crazy. They were going crazy. And, uh, and a lot of, I saw a lot of bucks that day coming in, trying to locate her, and uh, it was awesome. So there, there's that. I think uh, you guys get my drift on what I'm trying to – uh, say on this episode. So thank you guys very much. Good luck to you, right? Do me a favor. And I, I say this in the kindest way possible. Do not get lazy, right? Especially if you've been hunting hard and it's easy to do because I'm still guilty of it every single year where you're like, dang, man, I've done the same thing. And I'll be honest with you, watching Instagram, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people try to take the easy way to do things. Oh, I'm going to put a decoy in and rattle them. I'm going to sit in this tree stand that I hung in July. I'm going to continue to wait and wait for them to come to me. And what do you hear me say every single time? You got to go make some moves. You got to go to them because sitting in the same place every single time and wishing something will happen, right? There's a, I did this in a, in an Instagram uh, story a while ago. Uh, I don't know what the movie was. It's about the old, the old grandpas and the guy, the old grandpa goes, man, you can wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one gets filled up first. And you can relate that to deer hunting because you can sit in the same spot. It might be what you think is a good spot because you had one big deer come through there, you know, five years ago and it may be good, but if they're not coming through this year, things change every year, guys, you need to, you need to adapt. You need to learn. You need to move. And go find something that is that looks better than the scenario that you're at. And I know for you East Coast guys or high-pressured state guys, you, you might be limited to some of the property that you have access to. And that sucks. 
that sucks. But if you're going to throw a curveball, now is the time to throw a curveball at the deer. Not uh, not next week, right now. Because we still have some rut left. So you still might be able to get away with a mistake. Or uh, let's just say you missed a deer. Well, go find him. Right? You didn't wound him. Go find him. Let's say you bumped a deer. Well, that means he's in the area. Start start playing that strategy game in your head again. And, and get things uh, where they need to be. And go kill this bastard. <laughs> so uh, that's all I got to say. Good luck to everybody. Uh, uh, and the last thing I do want to say is as the rut starts to wind down and we, we are all starting to get tired, the shotgun seasons and the gun seasons are either here or they're coming. Just be safe, right? Don't make these mental mistakes that cost you. Take a couple deep breaths, have a cup of coffee, get back in the woods, be smart about everything. Make sure your equipment is still fine-tuned and uh, get after there and get the job done. Good luck to you guys and we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.